Hello, friends. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am in the courtroom of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. And uh, I almost wasn't in the courtroom <laughs> because for the first time in almost a year, Judge, mm -hmm. I saw you in your regular office this morning. What's up with that? Hey, you know, it is really an encouraging sign of a new year and a better place when I get to actually work in my office instead of being in the courtroom. So for those uh, who haven't you know, listened before or, or know this, the uh, judge back when COVID really got going turned his courtroom into almost a de facto uh, uh, situation room and is set up with some desks and a big screen TV so that they can watch or do uh, videos with the state. And there's a lot of chairs around for all the people who would come in for situation reports, things like that. Um, and I haven't seen you in your office in months. Yeah, it was almost a year where this is where I sat, you know, which is basically the uh, counsel's table in the courtroom so that we could do the social distancing. We could do all of those things and plus get the information up on the screen. Yeah, so everybody can see it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, that's where we are. We're in the courtroom Um and we're going to talk about COVID and yeah. why you've been able to move back to your office. But before that, we want to talk about April. April is an important month here. Uh, well, all over, but in Henderson County. Um, it is Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month and Child Abuse Awareness and Prevention Month in Henderson County. And every year you go out uh, and you read the proclamation at noon uh, mm -hmm. On a Tuesday, the clothesline project is up. All the sort of advocates for child abuse and sexual assault uh, prevention come together. And yesterday you did the sexual assault proclamation on the square. Right. Uh, you know, that is, as you said, something we do every year to help bring awareness to these um horrific events and it's really evident when you look at the number of t-shirts that are on the clothesline because each one of those recognized and memorializes someone that has been affected by it and though it's something that you know oh, we really don't want to hear about this it, it's a reality and, and sometimes it's hard to believe that it's right here and because of the good work of our law enforcement and our from the crisis center to the help center and all of them that these issues are brought to the forefront and seen because if they're not, how many more would there be out there? Yeah, this is this is we're talking a lot about sexual assault violence. This is also the same kind of people that really deal with our domestic violence, which mm -hmm. is later in the year, but it's right. still the same group of people you're talking about. Like you said, the, the crisis center, family peace project. Yes. Um, those are the people that really get involved in that. And that if you've never seen the T-shirt project, each T-shirt is made by the, a victim or the family. Um, and each color represents something. And so if you drive by and you see all the white shirts, mm -hmm. the white shirts are actually people who have lost their lives. Yeah. And it's, and it's heartbreaking. Um, all right. After you did that proclamation, uh, and we did that, you moved, uh, there was for child abuse, 
uh, Casa of Trinity Valley in the Henderson County Help Center and Maggie's house, along with all the advocates and the Family Peace Project and everybody else, put out 352 pinwheels on the square representing the number of victims in Henderson County in 2020. And I know that you said that as you guys in Commissioner's Court went over the numbers yesterday, it really hit home the 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 scope of this problem. It really did. I mean, when you look at uh, what happened in the state, there were over 300,000 cases of child abuse and neglect reported. That's a number that just kind of washes over us, and it's terrible. But when you look at what actually happens in Henderson County, there were uh, 1,035 intakes in a single year, which was up 11% from the previous year. That's almost three a day. Investigations, there were 659 of those, almost two close to two a day. And then the one that really put the explanation uh, exclamation mark on was 352 confirmed child victims inside Henderson County in one year. That's almost one a day. If that doesn't make you take pause into what is happening, I don't know what will. Um, you and I often laugh and poke fun at each other. You know, you're a word guy and I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Um, when you put it in the numbers and you break it down, it drives it home that there are situations out there and people out there that are impacted by this. And it's not the next county over. It's not a problem somewhere else. It's a problem here. Yeah. And and it is. It's right here in Henderson County. And, you know, one of the things, and I just want to throw this out there before I forget, uh, one of the big deals that will also happen this month is Go Blue yes. through the district attorney's office, um, which sells the Go Blue T-shirts every year. Um, and those T-shirts are used, the money raised for those T-shirts go to fund uh, uh child abuse awareness programs targeted at our kids. Mm -hmm. And so they target the kids so that they, and the biggest thing is buddy programs. Right. Um, because one of the hardest parts is actually making an outcry. One of the hardest parts is having somebody stand up and say, Hey, something's wrong in this spot. And so, you know, when your friend is, and when you're a young Mm-hmm. When you're a child, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and you see somebody and you recognize the signs of abuse, you know, you need to know what to do about it. And that's what all this does. Right. Um, and it's a, just a sign of how everybody in Henderson County kind of works together. That's right. On this particular issue. Yeah. And, and it is because, you know, it is a social issue. It, it is a responsibility that is incumbent upon everyone. And you know how kids are. Uh, kids know more about what's truly going on with kids than we as adults. We're busy lives. We're moving. And those kids are the, the gateway into that as far as being able to help identify. And those programs are, are priceless in getting help for those people. Yeah. And, 
you know, uh, you and I have talked about it before, um, you know, and, and I don't know that it's true. I kind of believe it is to a certain extent just because of some of the other things I know. But when you look at Henderson County, it's not that Henderson County has so much more of a problem as some of the other East Texas counties. Um, I think we're all pretty much the same. One of the things Henderson County does have is um, a desire of the organizations that are involved to work together to do what they can for victims. And that actually brings more people to the forefront, I believe. So I, I agree. So, for instance, the East Texas Crisis Center has a really good working relationship with the county attorney's office and the district attorney's office, mm -hmm. which me makes it easier for abused women to get um get uh, restraining orders right whereas in some other counties that system is not set up and not in place that's right uh County government and just life in general runs on relationships. And if you have those active and interactive relationships, it builds trust, it builds understanding, and builds that communication and advocacy for those individuals. And we do in Henderson County, um, working with our nonprofit organizations, with law enforcement, and with the, the prosecutors, it is seamless. It moves through. And I believe that is why you hear, as you said, Henderson County's numbers is because there are so many involved, so many engaged. You're able to identify them and have that outcome of a seamless transition through that. And incidentally, it's not handed off or it's not compartmentalized. Well, we only do the intake. No, in Henderson County, there's when something like this happens, the, you are walked completely through because, as you said before, it's not easy for for the victim. Yeah, and I know that um, here in Henderson County, I can't remember the actual name of the team, but they do have a team that um, comes together and meets regularly together over at the help center. And it includes the sheriff's office. Mm -hmm. It includes the prosecutor's offices. It includes Maggie's house and the crisis center and all those folks so that they're all on the same page. They can help each other with particular cases. They know what's going on, mm -hmm. and they have that open dialogue all of the time. Um, and it wasn't always like that, even here in Henderson County. This that's is something right. that's developed, um, and it's one of those things that I think flies under the radar Yes. Um, that most people don't know. Um, but it really is uh, something that I've seen over the years that um, really is that makes me happy to be here in Henderson County because that's what you want. You mm -hmm. know, this isn't about turf wars on the in government. Right. This is about taking care of people. And the, for the most part, everything I've seen, the folks in Henderson County, the, the, you know, that doesn't mean every case works out just right. the way everybody right. wants it to. It doesn't always work like that. Life is messy. Right. The, the law is messy. But it's chances, just, it improves the chances. But it improves of the chances. And everybody's on the right. same page trying to work forward. In fact, you and I were talking before the podcast. 
one of the signs of not only the number of cases, but this kind of interaction is the fact that um, there was a recent grant mm -hmm. um, that was approved for the help center. And then the county agreed to pick up parts so that a full-time deputy can be stationed at Maggie's house. That's exactly right. That was several months ago through the collaboration um and specifically with the sheriff's department and them, it was that having that investigator that is specifically trained. And because you have to understand that even with the municipalities, that training is not available for some of our smaller ones and even some of the larger ones. So having it funneled through this have, gets you a bigger bang for your buck, having someone specialized at it. And it's, like you said, it's another great example of organizations working together here in Henderson County. Yeah, and that. that's brand new. And like you said, that's a resource that's not just available for the county, but for all of the municipalities mm -hmm. in the in the county. Because look, when the truth is, a lot of our smaller police departments, you know, they're they're very busy doing mm -hmm. regular police work. They're they're out there patrolling the streets and doing those kinds of things. And a long-term child abuse investigation takes a lot, a lot of, time, of time, a lot of effort, and like you said, a lot of training. Yeah. And the smaller departments just don't have the resources That's for right. that. And it's not their fault. It's just the way it is. They don't have the resources for that. So to have someone uh, like we now have at Maggie's house to provide that is just another great thing. Yeah, it is. Like you said, it's, it's one of the great things about being here in Henderson County. All right. So before we get off of this, I need to make a couple of plugs. Mm -hmm. All right. So number one, coming up April 17th mm -hmm. is the Help Center Shootout Child yes. Abuse Yes, sir. Event out at uh, 5-H shooting at uh, Frankston, and it's going to be a, a great event um, raising money for additional services for Maggie's House. And what we're talking about there, um, you know, you don't usually hear Maggie's House or Help Center saying, hey, we're doing a fundraiser. That's right. not the way they operate. Right. However, when you look at these numbers. You can see why. You can see how much the services have increased. And right. so this fundraiser is directly for the services, the increased number of services being provided for Maggie's house. Yeah, and they're um, doing a raffle as well. Yeah, they're doing a raffle. There's a very cool twenty two rifle and mm -hmm. a forty five handgun that'll be raffled off. Uh, those tickets are red hot. Yes, they uh, are. Call. I've got mine in. Yeah. Yeah, call call the help center <laughs> and get that right now because that's, that's someone's going to be real happy with that. They're also looking for um, – they're still looking for teams. Yes. So if you want to be a shooting team and be engaged in that, call the help center. Uh, the other thing is um, they're a little further down the road, and we'll be talking about them as we go along. I don't have all the information right at my fingertips, but I want to rem remind that we have Walk a Mile in Her Shoes coming yes. up from the East Texas Crisis Center. Um, I usually go out there every year. However, they've been very, very nice to me over the last couple of years as my knees have gone south to let me walk in my red high tops instead of red high heels. Um, and then after that, the Family Peace Project will be holding its annual waffle breakfast yes. 
at uh, the First United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. All worthy events that, like we said, all go to help fund these activities. So one year, um, I became a human waffle for <laughs> for charity, and uh, people paid for the right to dribble waffle toppings on me. Really? Oh, you didn't see that one? No, I did. Have oh I no, that? yeah, they had a. We had a kids' pool, and I sat in a little kids' pool, and for whatever the money was, people came over and put syrup on my head. Hey, and, Michael. Yeah. And, and, and the nice thing was when they figured out who my kids were, and they started paying for the right for my kids to come, like, oh, really? put whipped cream on me uh-huh. and strawberries. I can see how that went well. Yeah, that went over mm-hmm. really, really well. I had strawberry in my ears for two days. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. So anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, how do you look in red high heels? Uh, you know, I do not know. Um, actually, I, mm-hmm. I have yet to don them. Yes. I, I, um, yeah, I've, uh, broken, broken my heel. Oh, really? So. And, uh, I've, I've broken my <laughs> heel going around the first trip. So what we do is we wear the red high heels and we go around the courthouse four times. And uh-huh. I broke my heel on the first time. And the next three times I went around, it was like up, up and, and down, down, up, up and, down. and down. Yeah, yeah I got uh-huh. seasick. Had the flat tire. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun. All right. All right, so uh, let's move on and uh, talk about COVID. We've been talking right. about COVID for a, a year. year now. Yes. Um, and... Over the last couple of uh, couple of discussions, we've been um, happier about COVID than we have ever. We we really have. I mean, the numbers and the and you know we stay away from testing a lot in our discussions because of all of those old stories. But you know what I have seen is that when you compare the historical testing chart to the actual hospitalizations chart, it's proving out. In my mind, in my mind. And what we're seeing now is that those testing numbers for Henderson County are as low as they've been since the very beginning. And it is even reflected in our region, TSAG, for all of you that remember that term, that is the 960,000, 67,000 residents in our four, in our I thought you were going to say that's how many times we've described what the TSA uh, getting, is. Getting pretty close. But, um, and our, our testing is down. Our hospitalizations are down. Uh, I know it, they're down to where they were when I started tracking it. So it's, it's really great. I think it was this past weekend we hit uh, 58. Mm-hmm. Which was the lowest number in the hospital since the very first day you started tracking, which was back in June. Yeah, that's right. June 28th, that, that was. That was the lowest we had been. And so um, I have heard, you know, I know that some people, and this is difficult because I, I'm still sitting here with my mask. Mm-hmm. I have my mask. Right. And I carry it with me because if I get in those particular situations where I need it, I want to have it. Right. 
Um, however, I think for the most part, it's become more of a make sure you wash your hands, you mm-hmm. sanitize your hands, and work on your social distancing. And that's right. And I think that social distancing has become second nature for yeah. everybody. You know, it goes back to what um, we said in the beginning. Just do what your mother said. Stay out of people's face and wash your hands, you know. <laughs> Get out of my bubble. <laughs> exactly. Get anyway. out of my bubble, man. But, um, but, yeah, but that's, you know, and, and so um, – I've also heard people who are saying, no, hey, this is too soon. Mm-hmm. Agreed. We're going to see this spike in cases, and around the country we are seeing a spike in cases. My answer to that has been, even if there is a small increase in cases, there has not been a corresponding increase in illness right our hospitalizations remain down the reason we started talking about them to begin with is because we were in the beginning remember we were having people who were saying they were positive for covid who weren't sick at all right and so we didn't know does it mean you're sick does it mean so we started looking at the hospitalizations so we knew exactly how many people we knew exactly now we could say this many people are actually ill to the point they're in the hospital it gives us a good read on the community right the illness is down yeah. And I think that that goes to the fact that so many have been vaccinated mm-hmm. and so many have already had it. Right. Um, right. So where are we with vaccinations? Well, in vaccinations, uh, we had a phone call Monday uh, with TDM, Texas Division of Emergency Management, and the Texas Department of Health Human Services. Uh, we had those conversations on Monday where they were saying, look, we're at about a third of the entire population of the state of Texas that is 16 years and older, at least having an initial dose. And when you look at 30,000, we're talking about a third of that. We're talking about 10 million people have received the initial dose. Um, when we, on this phone call, there are concerns that the demand for the vaccine from the public is beginning to wane some now that you've gotten to that group that is, oh, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Now it's beginning to wane off a little bit, and they're becoming concerned because of, as you know, uh, the Pfizer and the Moderna are are very um, particular in how you have to handle those. They're concerned about some of the vaccine across the state. Sure. You know, expiring. I, um, I, I have to wonder about that. I have to wonder how many people are going or are sitting there saying to themselves, you know what? I'm going to hang out for the Johnson and Johnson the oh, one uh, shot. Uh, and now that that's rolling out, I wonder how many people who haven't gone after the two shot vaccine with Moderna or Pfizer are going to go, okay, I'm ready for the Johnson and Johnson. And, and I believe there are a lot more than just you and I that believe that exact same yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I've been seeing on Twitter the new hashtag one and done. One and done. Exactly. And so people you getting know, that shot. It is encouraging. Uh, when you look at Henderson County, you know, we're sitting it right at 26,000 of initial of of vaccinations doses delivered and you know we haven't seen it this good in a year Uh, like I said I'm back in my office working in there unless when we have some meetings here um, I see it on people's faces but um, they are um, there is the concern 
that we will see another spike, but I, like you, agree in the fact that we are better capable of handling. We have experience sure. because everyone has forgotten that that one word that we no longer say is novel. I mean, yeah. we knew. Yeah. We know a whole lot more now sure. than we did then. Sure, sure. All right. Well, folks, we're going to wrap it up because, believe it or not, the uh, county judge has things to do other than just hang out with me. <laughs> Uh, Judge, thank you very much for spending some time with us, telling us what's going on in our county government. Again, I say, listen, folks, your local government is more important than what's going on in Washington. Pay more attention to your city council, school board, commissioner's court. Thank you, Judge. Thank you, Mike. <laughs>